Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. We're here with you today via Zoom. I'm Joel Grote. And I'm Lynn Wilder, and I'm excited about our topic today, Joel. Me too. when I was reading, when I was Mormon and reading the Bible, I was a professor at BYU and I was traveling a lot. Well, one day I was on a plane back, headed back to Salt Lake and there was a gentleman who was from Colorado Springs sitting next to me and he told me he was in ministry. Now, as a Mormon, I wasn't sure what that meant, right? <laughs> There's a lot of ministries in Colorado Springs. <laughs> So I asked him, so what do you do in ministry? And he began to tell me that he travels into very scary places around the world where Christianity is persecuted. And that he helps get Bibles to people who have come to Christ in places like China and Iran. And I was blown away. First of all, I didn't know there was a persecuted Christian church. How silly is that? I did not know that people died for their Christian faith around the world. Because as a Mormon, I thought we were the persecuted ones. We were the (laughs) ones who had the truth, right? And yet... Christians are having to kneel and be beheaded, you know, in ISIS areas, they'll, they'll write the Arabic N on someone's house. That means this person follows the Nazarene, right? And they need to be blown out or driven out or killed or whatever. But China's prisons are full of people, right? From underground churches. Some people say the underground church in China is about to surpass the the numbers of you know the churches in America so wow this is this was a whole new world to me and yet you have done a fair amount of work internationally and so let's talk internationally today okay yeah sounds fun to me because you also have been internationally you and Mike have traveled uh, and I think we've covered slightly different parts of the world because where have where have you and Mike been we've been to China okay do you know that it's legal to meet in Mormon church in China? Um, we've been to Russia. We've been to Eastern Europe, uh, all over Europe. We've been to the Middle East, but wow. you've been to totally different parts of the world. Right. right. Yeah. So I think between the two of us, we've covered quite a bit because I've done pretty much all of North Central and South America. I'm a missionary kid. I grew up in Venezuela, South America, so I'm fluent in Spanish. Uh, me dropping into a city anywhere in Latin America, I'm just as comfortable as if I was here in the United States. Uh, but then God's also opened the doors for Africa. So I've been in you know, a couple different countries in Africa and have had a couple of forays into Europe. So yeah, doesn't sound... Now, have you ever been to Australia? I, I have not, no, but Michael okay, me says either. that's where he wanted to serve his mission. <laughs> <laughs> he thought that would be really fun. Yeah. So, so anyway, yeah, and it's interesting because 
one of the biggest gateways for me to begin traveling internationally with IRR, and this started back 1999-2000, was when the Mormon church did their huge push to double the number of temples they were going to have available to mm -hmm. their people within like two years. So they figured from like late 1999 till 2001, they would double the number of temples they had worldwide. And I had friends in ministry who were planning a trip to Madrid, Spain. That was going to be one of the first new international temples opening. And uh, I had a friend come up to me at a conference and he said, hey, Joel, uh, we've got this whole team put together. They're going to go to Madrid, Spain for the temple opening. Would you like to go along? I said, well, I'd like to, but our ministry really doesn't do temple openings. We're working mostly directly with Mormons, providing research. He said, well, here's the problem. They're going to Spain, but none of the team knows Spanish and they have no Spanish language literature. Like, well, that might make it kind of difficult. So anyway, God worked it out. So uh, we ended up as a ministry translating a couple of our pieces. We, had, we have a track, we have an article track that's called Our Mormon Temples Christian. And it's simply a side-by-side -side comparison of what's the, what was the Christian, what was the Jewish temple like? What happened there? What was the basis for it? And then what are LDS temples like? And we didn't go into the ceremonies in depth, but we wanted people to see the discontinuity because we kept finding that Mormons kept saying, well, our temple is just, a, it continues the tradition and all that was going on of right. the Old Testament temple. Right, just like Solomon's temple, I would have right. said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know anything about Solomon's temple. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. so I ended up going and it was a phenomenal, it was a phenomenal trip. God just blessed it. Uh, nobody knew we were coming. And so we did get some pushback because we just showed up the first day of the temple opening and we had our four color tracks, excuse me. And it was a huge public event. They'd been promoting it for months and months and months right in, you know, right outside of downtown Madrid. And so there were people lined up for blocks waiting to get in to take the tour. And so we just kind of went down the line chatting with people and handing them our brochure so they could read it while they were in line. Huh. And they started asking questions. And within just like an hour, uh, the Mormon church had set up big, huge 55 gallon like plastic barrels, waste bins. And they were telling people, you can't come in here if you have one of those brochures, you need to throw it in the trash before you can come in and take the tour. Hmm. And so we had people come back and tell us we had to throw it away. So then we just, we just changed. We weren't trying to keep people from going. Uh, but that was, uh, that was an eye-opening experience. And people were so grateful. To me, one of the coolest things was we had uh, Mormons who were maybe new, who didn't know a lot about the church and especially didn't know a lot about the temple. They weren't temple worthy, um, thanking us for the material. We had nuns and Catholic priests um, that would come by because we were just, we were just like a block or so away. Um, we weren't trying to storm the gates. We didn't try to pass out or leave any literature inside the temple. We went and took the tour, obviously, because it was interesting to see what it looked like. But we kept having all these people come and say, thank you. We really would like the information. What we're getting inside leaves us with more questions than answers. Mm -hmm. um, we had great conversations with young people on the street. And in Spain, and we didn't realize it, but in Spain, the culture at the time was without information, there is no true freedom. And so the fact that we were there and everything was well documented, it was a, a 
it's something we've used for years. We, it's been carefully researched. And if you look on our website, if you look uh, Our Mormon Temple's Christian, you can pretty much find the track is unchanged uh, over the years. I was just going to ask you, where can we go for that information? I often so, have people with those questions, right? So yeah, IRR.org. And then on our sidebar, we've got a lot of different topics, you know, biblical Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses. So if you click on the Mormonism thing and you scan down, it's, it's not hard to locate if you just do a search. But that, when I came back from that, it was so positive. Our, my boss, our uh, executive director at the time said, Joel, dust off your passport. The Mormons are opening like over a dozen temples in the next two years across Latin America. And I'd really like you to be at as many of those as possible. So that was kind of what God mm -hmm. used to get me back into Latin American international ministry because it'd been a lot of years and I was, I was missing it. I enjoyed Spanish, Hispanic culture. And mm -hmm. so it was a, it was a really, it was a really cool thing. And it was fun because I wasn't just there passing out literature. I was also going to speak in churches because Christian churches, it's funny because it works both ways. You say as a Mormon, you didn't know a lot about the Christian church. Well, the Christian church in general doesn't know a lot about Mormonism. And often what they do that know is, true. is very distorted. I was really surprised because at this point I'd been over 20 years um, researching and working with Mormon people and studying and all that. And so I was really surprised I'd go into a church and some of the questions I would get asked about Mormonism. That's like, no, that's not true. Um, I'm not sure where you heard that. Uh, One of my favorite was, let me real quickly okay. say, we were in Idaho at a huge church one time and, and Mike and I spoke Sunday morning. And at the end of that, there was a line of people waiting to talk to us. And all of them said, so should I be concerned about Mormonism, right? They're right in Mormon territory. And one woman said, my daughter was getting baptized Mormon on Wednesday. Should I be concerned? Well, here's the concern. A lot of churches in the United States and out of the United States, Christian churches don't know about Mormonism and don't address right. what the Bible calls false Christs, false gospels, uh, false teachers, and because it's offensive, right? And in this day right. and age, we don't want to talk about that. So, so I imagine Mormons are probably offended when they see you outside the temple. You, they, they feel like you're persecuting them. Right. And I heard that a lot. It's like, why are you persecuting us? I said, well, I'm handing out this brochure. You can read it for yourself. It's all documented. It said not throwing stones at the temple, not trying to keep people. In fact, a lot of times as it progressed, uh, we ended up being, we ended up answering questions. People would come to us and say, so how long is it open? When's it open? Can anybody go in? We're like, absolutely take the tour. So at no point did we ever try to do anything that would impede. I mean, this was the Mormons party and it's just rude to crash somebody else's party. I have a hard time with anybody who tries to disrupt somebody else's festive event. That's for them to do. Now, if you want to inform people about it, but so we weren't mean spirit. In fact, a lot of times we were guiding people and telling people, you know, where it was and what it was about and encouraging them. But there were times like the very next trip was, it was just a couple months later, it was in Guayaquil, Ecuador, and it was the Mormon second temple in Ecuador. And so I went and we didn't know a lot of people. I had contacted some pastors ahead of time, but at that point we didn't have a lot of international contacts. So I contacted different mission agencies. I contacted probably four or five or six different denominations um, that I was aware of that were working there. 
and had people step forward and, you know, the Southern Baptist said, yeah, come stay in our guest house. We'll connect you within churches, um, dealt with uh, Mennonite uh, church, uh, the Assemblies mm -hmm. of God, uh, Lutheran, um, some other Baptists, some independent Bible churches. So just a, a spectrum. But as we started during the first days, and Lois went with me, my wife, um, is one of the few trips she was able to get away. We left kids with the grandparents. And so she went with me. So one of the first days of the temple opening, we just went and we're probably a half block down. The temple's way up on a hill and it's gorgeous and there's people coming. And so we're just down off the property across the street and we're just there with our little rolling suitcase and we're just handing out brochures to people. And if they have questions, answering questions and talking about the difference, we were candid to say, well, how is it different? Well, it's got some different views about God, but it's all here in this brochure. So we're not going to stop you from going in. Well, after we'd done that for about 45 minutes, all of a sudden there's like four or five men dressed in suits to start coming down the walk. And they're like looking right at us. Mm. I'm thinking, oh, I think probably some of the information has gotten back to the people at the temple. And they came, these four or five men, um, all of them except for one were like dressed in like really nice dark suits. And, and they just came marching across the street and like, what are you doing here? Said, well, you know, we're handing out the brochure. Would you like a copy? It's about Mormon temples. We're Christians. Um, we think there are some really important, significant differences that people should know about. We're not going to stop people from going. But and people back need... then, Mormons would not have identified as Christians, right? Right. Or was, not near. Or well, 2000. Or was that they had kind of, Yeah, Just that was starting, starting then. Maybe. Yeah, because prior, when I first got into ministry. Mormons never identified as Christians. Right. They we were didn't. like, no, we are, you know, Christianity was hatched in hell and kicked out onto the edges of the earth. And, you know, we are Latter-day Saints. We're totally, we're, totally distinct. We used to say, we're greaters, you're lessers. We used to say, <laughs> okay. Latter-day Saints were greater. Okay. Greaters because we had four books of scripture and you only had one and yours wasn't reliable. Yeah. So you were lessers, we were greaters. Sorry, so, go ahead. So anyway, so the main spokesman guy, I found out later who's actually the temple president for the Guayaquil temple. But he starts saying, well, you can't be here and do this because this is breaking the law. You can't be passing out information. Well, I'd already researched that before I came. And so I knew I was totally within the bounds of Ecuador's laws and I'm on a public sidewalk. And, and I just, I, and I told him that I said, well, I'm really sorry. Actually, I researched it and I, I'm allowed to do this. And he said, well, you need to know something then. If you're going to keep doing this, I can't guarantee what's going to happen out here because this isn't the United States anymore. You're not mm -hmm. in the safety of the United mm -hmm. States. This is Latin America. Mm -hmm. Anything can happen. And so if you stay out here, then I'm just warning you, it's on you. I'm like, wow. Okay. I said, well, thank you for letting me know that. I said, we're here because this is what we feel like God's called us to do. We want to help people. So I'll just, I'll be here hanging out. And, and then he got really upset. And he said, you need to stop this now. And he grabbed me by the shirt front and yanked me close and said, mm -hmm. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with you. What I should probably do is I should punch you out in, I mean, the spittle's just flying in the face. And my, I should probably punch you out right here and just throw you over this wall. And we were standing by one of those brick walls that have the broken glass and all the stuff on top of it. And typical for Latin America. And I mean, he's got I me, mean, he's got his fist back. And at that point, I knew two things. Now, Lois is like 15 yards away. 
And she's just like watching wide-eyed and she's been praying from the time they seem to be getting aggressive. She's like, God, please protect my husband. Do something. If he gets beaten to a pulp or something happens, I don't know enough Spanish. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. So, so she's praying. And I know two things at that point. I know one, I'm not going to fight back. Um, even if he hits me, I'm not going to try to defend myself. It's, and it's like, I'm not afraid of doing that. I'm very willing to, but at that, it was like the Holy Spirit was saying, no, you just need to let come what's going to come. And even if he hits you, you are not going to defend yourself. You're going to take it because you need to love this man and you need to feel compassion for him. And, and it was amazing. I was, that's what I was flooded with. So even as he's got me, and I'm thinking there's a good chance it's going to happen. And right about then, this other guy who isn't in a suit reaches out and he puts his hand on the arm of the guy who's got me by the shirt. And he just says, hermano, brother, you know, calmate. Because all this is going on in Spanish. He just says, calm down. He said, this isn't necessary. Everything's okay here. He's really not doing anything wrong. You just need to calm down. We just need to go back to the temple. And it's like he looked at him and he kind of, you know, shook himself up because he had worked himself to where he was just furious. Mm. And he let me go of the shirt and he said, well, you've been warned. Anything can happen here in this country. So it's at your own risk if you stay around. And they turned around and they marched back off. And, you know, my heart's like beating like crazy. And I'm like, wow. And so Lois comes over and I explain what happened. And she's like, okay, well, I'm so glad you're okay because I didn't know what I was going to do. And she said, what do we do? I said, we stay. I said, I don't, you know, we don't have any place to go. We've got this literature. We've got people coming by that are grateful for the fact that we're doing it. I said, I've documented all this. I know there's nothing here. I gave a couple of the guys with him copies because they wanted copies of the brochure. Mm -hmm. And we did. And it was probably about an hour later. And all of a sudden he comes back down the hill. And I'm like, oh man, but he was by himself. And this time he stayed on the Mormon property across the street. And then he motions me to come over. He's like, come over here, come over. I'm like, oh man, I, if I go into Mormon he, property, the temple president who had threatened me. He being the guy who had confronted, oh. Yeah, so the guy who had me by the shirt that was threatening to beat me up, he's now across the street and he's like telling me to come over to him. And I'm like, <laughs> oh man, I, if I go on their property, but he didn't seem upset. Yeah. And so I just said to Lois, he wants me to come over. I'm going to go over and talk to him and see what he wants. And I get over there and his demeanor is totally different. He just looks at me and he says, hermano, he says, brother, I, I need to ask your forgiveness. I need to say, I'm sorry. I'm like, okay. He said, he said, I was totally wrong. I was out of line. And I just want to say, I'm sorry. Will you please forgive me? And I'm like, absolutely. Yes, I forgive you. I understand this is upsetting. And actually gave me a huge hug. He's like, got tears in his eyes. He said, I just want you to know for as long as you're here, you are safe. If you need anything, come up to the temple accommodation area. If you need to use the restroom, if you need water, we're there. He said, I am so sorry. I was wrong. And he said, you can be here with total safety. And if you need anything, we're all ordered. We're at your disposal. Okay. So having been Mormon, this is what I suspect happened. He called someone above him and they, they gave him direction 
to do that. Although it sounds like he was sincerely. I, um, you know, I think it was, well, sorry. and here's, well, here's what I found out, Lynn. The guy who stopped him, who was in, he was dressed nicely, but he wasn't in the big suit. I ran into him in Caracas, Venezuela at the Temple Open House. <laughs> I I thought I recognized him. He saw me because it turns out he was American. And all of a sudden he waves and he goes, hey, remember me? Guayaquil, Ecuador. I'm like, oh yeah, you were with, he said, yeah, I was with the temple president. He said, my name's Clark Hershey. He said, two candy bars. Um, and I hope, I don't think this will get him into trouble. But he just said, I'm in charge of overseeing all the Latin America temples for Salt Lake City. He said, I am, I'm so sorry about what happened in Guayaquil. I said, well, you know, it's okay. He came back and apologized. We didn't have a problem. And we ended up talking there in line. And I saw him in Caracas, Venezuela. I saw him in San Jose, Costa Rica. Um, I saw him in Merida, Mexico, in the Yucatan Peninsula. And in every place, he just said, hey, if you have any issues, he said, I know who you are. I know what you're doing. He said, obviously... I would probably prefer that you weren't doing it, but you're totally within your rights. The way you're doing this is very respectful. We really appreciate how you're conducting yourselves and the people that are with you. And I just want you to know if anybody gives you a hassle about this, please send them to talk to me. Because he said, I appreciate and understand why you're doing what you're doing. And I want you, I don't mm. want you to have any problem. And so, and there were times it, I mean, it happened in Costa Rica. He brought the temple president out and told him the story of Guayaquil. He came out and said, hey, Joel, here's the temple president. You got to watch out for these guys. They can get kind of feisty. Um, so it was an incredible <laughs> relationship, incredibly gracious. But God used that. And I just think if I would have fought back, if I would have gotten you know, hostile, if I would have ramped up, if I would have done anything other than just been calm and, and unafraid, um, then that was the Holy Spirit. And I was willing to risk even getting slugged, uh, beat up. But, but that's just how God works. It, it is so cool. And here's the other cool thing that happened. As we did church um, meetings, we had people say, can we come out and help you um, pass out tracts and talk to people? This sounds like a really cool way to reach out to Mormons and people that are interested. And so on one of the big Saturdays, we probably had 12, 15 people all out together. And by that time, you know, there's no, we're getting no hassle from the Mormon church because we're staying off their property. We're being respectful, but we had Mormons would come by and they'd say, so where are you guys from? What church are you from? And it's like, well, what do you mean? We're part of the church of Jesus Christ. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. But what, what church do you represent? I said, well, none, because they are assembly of God people over there. And those guys are Southern Baptist. And oh, these people are Mennonites. And oh, these guys are from the Lutheran church that I was at last Sunday. I said, we just all consider ourselves brothers and sisters in Christ. And we all believe the same thing. And we all are concerned that what Mormonism teaches about God and salvation doesn't line up with the Bible. And we just want people to know what the differences are. I'm like, wait, you're all from different churches? And you're all getting along? <laughs> what? I said, yeah, that, the body of Christ works together. Um, we all believe the same core things. We've got some differences in, you know, some of the things we do in our style of worship and the way we do our church services, but 
we all believe in the same core truths about God and Jesus Christ and the Bible and salvation and what it means to be a believer and, and salvation. We have the same Bible in common, right? The same God, the same salvation, the same Bible right. in common. But it's so that is the Mormon myth. If Mormons are listening, as a Mormon, I was taught that Christian churches couldn't get along, had different translations, often argued with each other. I mean, there there are differences throughout the body, but we right. see that as a yeah, we see right. that as God a, as a positive thing. This variety of worship and places to go. Yeah, and we do disagree on some secondary items. Right. We do disagree on some secondary items. Not every Christian sees eye to eye and what you can do on the Sabbath. But when it comes to the core truths of what yes. faith in Christ and how you get eternal life and how you have a relationship with God, we're... And what's the word of God and what isn't? Exactly. Yeah. Um, through the word. So, yeah, so it was, it was a really... And to me, it was so encouraging to see that happening internationally. One of the biggest blessings for me working and traveling internationally is because IRR is a non-denominational ministry. We're not associated or affiliated with any particular ministry or denomination. Um, we're biblical, consider ourselves you know, evangelical, whatever that means these days, that keeps changing. But because of that, I have been able to experience incredible fellowship in probably dozens of denominations and churches all over the world. And I'm guessing you and Mike have had that same experience in the places you've been where it really doesn't matter the denomination. That, that's You're true. Accepted as and maybe, maybe next episode, I'll tell you my story with uh, security, which just shocked me. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, because as well. I, just heard, I just heard a timer, so I think we have to close this episode. But yeah, <laughs> can we do that? Can we just go ahead and do like international part two and have you tell that story? Absolutely. Let's do that, y'all. So thank you for listening. Um, all of this information was new to me at a Mormon ID. As a Mormon ID, I knew very little about the international Christian church. And so let's, let's talk about that again. Grace and peace to you until next time. So long. Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. Join us next time for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish. As always, you can find show notes, program transcripts, and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. For a limited time, we are offering the Wilder's book, Seven Reasons We Left Mormonism, for a donation of any amount. Go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free book button to request yours. We greatly appreciate your support for the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals. Mm -hmm.